Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. One of my favorite things is seeing how you guys respond to any episode about money mindset. I get it. I think mindset is everything. If it comes down to one key factor of your success, I really truly believe it comes down to your mindset. Do you believe it's possible for you? Now, because I know mindset is such a difficult thing, I wanted to bring on a repeat guest that you might remember, Tanya Rainier. Tanya came on a while back, I want to say a few years back, and shared a little bit about money mindset and bra formations. If you're not familiar, definitely go check out her previous episode. But recently, I've been reading her book. It's a phenomenal book all about money mindset, and it is called Mindset Switch. I've been going through the book personally and applying a lot of the exercises, techniques, tricks, all of that stuff into my own life. And I've been getting a ton of value from it. So I wanted to reach back out to Tanya to see if she would come on and talk a little bit about some of the concepts in the book. Sometimes I find we all have these people in our lives that are incredible. We might love them, but sometimes they are maybe bad influences in some capacity. So we have a really good conversation around some of those people to be careful of, not necessarily to avoid, but just be careful of about how you show up when you're around those people. We also talk a lot about just general tips and tricks to bettering your mindset. Tanya shares her really in-depth, incredibly personal story. In fact, her and I were both pretty much in tears when we were talking about it from how she grew up. It is so inspiring. And when I was hearing her story and her just sharing it, I'm not going to lie. I was in tears because it's heartbreaking, but it's also so incredible to see what a strong woman she's become from that. Here's the cool thing too. If you are a life coach or you know a life coach, Tanya is now specializing in helping life coaches specifically. I thought that was really cool to see her niche down on that capacity. I also would love to invite you to take this work to the next level. If you are vibing with Tanya and you think she's a rock star, just like I do, I would highly recommend checking out the show notes because there's a link in there and a coupon code for 30% off her Money Vibes Bootcamp. It's going to help you transform your mindset as quickly as possible. So if this is work that you've been meaning to do, but maybe haven't quite done it yet, now is the time to invest in yourself. What I can say is when I've invested in my mindset, that is one of the best areas of my entire life where I see everything improve, my relationships, my business, my confidence and how I feel about myself, and even my finances. I think it's so impactful. And I really would encourage you to check out that resource that she's put together. It's really good. And you can save some cash by using the coupon code money nerds. Again, that's going to be linked in the show notes. So please, please go check it out. All right, I'm going to keep this intro a little bit short. So let's go ahead and dive in to the conversation with my friend Tanya. Tanya Rainier, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the show. Whitney, thank you so much for asking me. I'm so honored. Anytime. You're always welcome. But I'm really excited to chat with you because you have a book that I've been devouring. I freaking love it. So can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind Mindset Switch? Okay. So um, I've it's been on my heart to write this book since I was probably like a a teenager. How weird is that? Right. I was a teenager. Um, but I growing up had the hard knock life. Didn't have a good relationship with my dad. My mom raised me. She got into the heroin scene and, uh, she ended up dying from heroin when I had just turned 16. But the year prior to that, 
it, it was bad. She lived in a hotel room. I lived on the streets of Detroit. Um, I had a really hard time with my own self-worth because I kind of had some abandonment issues and clung to anybody that I could and found a boy, got pregnant, became a single mom at 16. And so, you know, my whole self-worth was shaky at best in, in those years. And I had to do a lot of work myself to kind of overcome some of my own issues. But like the crazy thing is, is my mom ended up doing drugs because of men. Like she felt really inadequate and dated guys that she was hoping were going to take care of her, like rich guys. And they were kind of narcissistic and mentally and verbally abusive. And the more abusive they were, the more she lost herself and started to believe everything that they said and believe that she wasn't worthy. And so as a single mom raising two girls, she just didn't think that she was enough. She didn't think she was smart enough. She didn't think that she was capable enough and depression kicked in and she found ways to numb it. And those ways started with, you know, alcohol and less crazy drugs and eventually escalated into heroin and it killed her. And I like looking, even at the time, remember thinking like, why don't you see what I say? She, I mean, she was absolutely beautiful and she had that personality that would light up a room and everybody wanted to be in her mm. energy. And she didn't feel any of that. Like she didn't feel worthy at all. And it, it kind of blew my mind. Like why? I don't understand why you don't see how amazing you are. And then I started going through those things too, going, Oh, hmm, here we go. I don't feel oh, amazing sure. either. So this is an uh, this is a problem, and it's not something that's addressed. It's not something that we learn in school. It's not our self esteem for the most part isn't nurtured at all. No, it's not. And it, from parents, from friends, like it, comparison and overwhelm and stress and all of these things start when we're so young, and we never really are given the tools. I found the law of attraction when I was like in my twenties and. You know, and I started doing self-development work and Tony Robbins and all that, like from a teenager. No so way. Really? Oh my gosh. I've been obsessed. That's so so I started to do all this stuff, but it was all to me so philosophical. And sure. I'm like, this is all sounds really great, you guys. But like, what do I do? Can right. somebody give me a plan, a roadmap, like a step-by-step curriculum, please? Like, you know, and I felt like for 10, 15 years, that was me where I was, you know, like, trying to figure out what to do. Like I just wanted the how, and there wasn't one. So the mindset switch was really me going, okay, I'm going to take everything that I've learned, everything that I've tried, everything that I've shared with other people, the things that I wish I would have known when I was younger and the things that I wish my mom would have known. And I'm going to put it into a roadmap. This I'm like going to cry already because I, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but my dad went through a period of addiction mm. and it got really, really bad and similar story. He, he is still around. I do not have a relationship with him. Um, but it was terrible watching my mom go through all of that stuff too. And it's, it's fascinating to me with abuse, how, how much of that does come down to mindset in some way, what we're willing to tolerate or what we think we deserve. And I think that's one of the things that when I was reading your book, I was like, dang, this is so impactful. And yet we don't do the work to switch our mindset. And so I kind of wonder why not from your experience, why do you think we don't do the work to make that mindset switch? That's a great question. Um, 
I think that on a, on a fundamental level, maybe we don't believe that it's going to work. You know, things have been the way that they are for so long, or those beliefs are so deeply rooted within us that it seems like, you know, like you're asking for unicorns to be able to make that switch. Like you're asking for something that's impossible, but it's not. And the more you do the work, the more you realize how powerful you are and how in control of your thoughts and your feelings that you are. It's not, it's not a overnight thing. And I think that's maybe part of it too, where, you know, we want that quick win. We want that instantaneous gratification where, oh, I read the book, so I should be cured. Like, no. Yes. <laughs> You're actually, like, I should I should have this. Kind of like, I dieted for three days. I should be losing weight by now. <laughs> Dude, right? Like, I wish, though. <laughs> right, and we all want that, and we get discouraged when, you know, we're doing the work and putting in the effort and not seeing the result. But what we don't realize is we're the results are happening kind of behind the scenes energetically, like we're energetically changing the way that we show up and what we do today is going to have an effect on our decisions in three months from now. So although you don't necessarily see it right away, it is going to be there kind of like saving, right? Like you put money in your retirement kind of, it's kind of boring, but (laughs) it's, it's going to pay off. So keep doing it for, for you personally. I mean, I think your story is so freaking powerful and I can imagine being a single mom raising a little one trying to grieve and figure out life and adult and then deal with all the, the, I mean, honestly, the shitty people that can come around and like naysay. So with that, and you're doing the work, you're listening to Tony Robbins, like you're, you're trying to better your life. When did you finally notice where you're like, Oh my God, this is actually working. Like something is different. Was there like a moment or a time that it really clicked for you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was 19. I had been on my own for a while at this point, had my own apartment and was living with my son and I was trying to date, you know, like I'm a single mom. Like I want a man too. And all the guys sucked. Like they just did, you know, they were maybe a couple years older, but like I was so mature at, and I was living an adult life at this point and I just couldn't find a guy. And I had a conversation with my girlfriends one Saturday night about what I, what I wanted. And I, I said, I don't think that exists. Like, I want this guy that is, you know, going to be a good dad and is going to accept my son for him and, you know, is funny and has a great relationship with his family and, you know, all this long list, right? And I'm like, that doesn't exist. But you know what? That's okay because this is what I want and I, I refuse to settle for less. And if I don't get it, I'm okay with being alone. And I mean, it's a weird, it sounds weird for a 19 year old to say this, but like, that was that moment where I thought I I love and respect myself so much and, and that I'm willing to declare what I want. And I'm, I refuse to settle because I think I would have to. That's huge. Like it was a powerful you know, and, and it didn't scare me. Like that was, I think the thing too, I was willing to let go of the outcome. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Like I'm okay with me either way. Mm. I think that we all want to get there. <laughs> I think that's kind of like the, the goal is I think we, we want to feel good about our lives and our decisions and have confidence and feel secure in whatever way we need. And one of the things that I, I love is in your book, you talk a lot about mindset. And sometimes I think it's so obvious from the outside, but 
looking internally, we don't understand that there's like the limited and the growth mindset that you talk about. Sometimes we don't recognize that in ourselves. So can you talk a little bit about what limited and growth mindset is and maybe some key indicators of each of those? Yeah, limited, uh, a limited. So really the difference is whether you believe that something you're stuck as you are. So a limited mindset basically means I'm not talented. I'll never be. I'm not good with money. I'll never be. This is the way I am. This is the way God made me. This is the way I was born. It's not changeable. And you're, you're kind of letting the thoughts that you repeat over and over reinforce that belief. Like it's not changeable. A growth mindset is your ability to recognize that there's room for improvement and that you are willing to go that distance. So yeah, you might not be good with money now, you know, the the evidence that exists might suggest that you're not good with money, but with every step you take, every time you teach yourself something, every time you make a mistake, you're getting better and you're growing. And that mindset is really recognizing, Hey, like I'm better than I today. And as long as I continue to focus on that, I'm going to keep getting better and I'm going to grow. I love that. I think it's, it's so important. And I know I've done a lot of research even in how we praise kids and what do you say to kids and how that can affect them too. And so for a lot of us, if we notice that maybe with our finances, we're a little bit more on the limited side, Uh (laughs) how do we, how do we start to shift it to more of a, a growth mindset? So I love affirmations, especially when it comes to money mindset. Um, in affirmations, I do them a little bit differently than some people do. Um, I affirmations traditionally are, I am good with money. I am abundant. I am financially wealthy. Like, okay, those are great. (laughs) But if they don't feel true when you say them, they're actually doing more damage than good. Because what that's doing is it's putting it in like reminding you that you're, you're, this is actually bullshit. Like it's not Mm -hmm. true. And it's, it's kind of, putting that lack mentality or, or putting the focus on what you don't have. So the switch and the way that I like to approach them is one of two ways, either um, what I call bra formations, which I wrote about in the book. So bra mm-hmm. formations are basically my word for affirmations with support built in. So like if you're trying to say I'm good with money, if you use that affirmation, back it up with some kind of proof that comes from your experience that you know, is evidence that that statement is true. So what have you done recently that proves that you're good with money? Have you put a little bit more in savings? Have you learned how to create a budget? Have you managed your checkbook? Have you made a good financial decision? Like whatever it is, hey, like it's like you're going, yeah, I am good with money. See, see, look at that. Mm-hmm. Look, at all, look at all the proof. And do that for as much as, much as you can. Um, another way to do affirmations is instead of, you know, declaring that it's already true, then it's becoming true. So I'm getting better at this. I am learning to, you know, I'm learning to manage money. I'm getting better at managing money. I am becoming more confident in the way that I handle money, you know, or I'm, I'm getting wealthy, because there's $3 more in my account than there was yesterday. Yes, so, it all adds up. Yeah, all of that. So it's 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 happening. I'm moving into that energy or I'm there and here's proof. Is this something that's never ending? Like, is this lifelong work? 
Yeah. You don't yeah. ever like get to a point where you're like, I don't, I don't have to do my bra formations anymore. I got, <laughs> I got this in well, the bag. With some things you will, because everything becomes habit after a while, kind of like driving. Like, do you actually get in the car and think, okay, right foot goes on the gas pedal <laughs> and the left foot is Never. the brake and D means oh, drive. Like you right. did when you were learning to drive because true. it was all new, but now you do it on autopilot and you don't even think about it. So the, the mindset is really just thought patterns in your brain. And the more you do them, the more, uh, the stronger those neural pathways get. So that's a scientific word to say it becomes habit, right? So you think the same thought over and over again, that thought becomes stronger. It becomes more real for you. Your emotion kind of backs it up a little bit and it becomes a belief. And once it's a belief, it's automatic and you don't have to consciously think about it anymore. That's so amazing. I think that you're hitting on some really key points of just that general awareness. So when you're doing your affirmations and you're trying to like reframe that, mm-hmm. is this something that do, should people write it down? Should they say it out loud? Is it a combination? Like what, what do you find works best? Um, saying it out loud is definitely by far the best thing. There are lots of things you can do in terms of uh, saying them over and over again, but like writing them down is good. You're going to see them. And there's something that happens between your, your brain in your hand with the motor skills that if in, in I'm going to use an example, like, have you ever made a grocery list and then forgotten your list at home? Oh, all the time. <laughs> do you remember most things on the list? Because I do. You wrote it down. Okay. So that is evidence and shows you kind of how that brain to hand connection works. So writing things down helps them live in your memory, your short-term memory, right? But something different happens when you speak things out loud because your ears take in the words and we believe what we hear. Like, because it's real, it exists. It was noise. And so when we say affirmations, at first, they feel really awkward and weird. And we're like, is anybody listening? This is so, like, this is <laughs> totally. so weird. But doing them over and over again, they start to become powerful. And when you say them with conviction, you know, put your shoulders back and put your chin up and put your hands in the air, use your power pose. Like I'm a badass and this is my affirmation of the day and say it like you mean it and it'll feel like it's true. I think that's so powerful. And one of the things that you, you mentioned in your book is how sometimes triggers can lead to that thought. And that's where mm-hmm. the, the affirmations can kind of help us reframe that. So with triggers, there's lots of different types, but you talk a little bit about people triggers. Can you talk about <laughs> what that might mean? I think people are probably the biggest trigger, aren't they? <laughs> totally. Um, pe- people that uh, trigger us to believe something about ourselves that isn't helpful or trigger us into a, a thought pattern, a feeling, or a behavior that just doesn't serve us. So tr- uh, different types of trigger people are Um, I talk about energy vampires a lot because I think I was born into a family of them. Like I had to leave the coven or whatever you call it to like understand. (laughs) Totally. Like, oh, gosh, it's so draining. But the people that you know that you're around them when they when they drain you of your energy or people that complain a lot, people that are um, really, really critical, those you know, those people that like pretend that they mean well, but like they're giving you advice you didn't ask for. And they like kind of 
everything, every one of your ideas, they have like the, oh yeah, but have you ever thought of this? Or it's never going to work because of that. So these are the type of people that can trigger you into old belief patterns. Usually those belief patterns aren't yours. So what I mean by this is if you grow up in a house where, um, let's say you are trying to be an entrepreneur and you're trying to, you know, do run a business, which means you want a lot of money. You want to, you want to make some money, but you grew up in a family that works really hard for their money. That believes that, you know, we're middle-class or we're blue collar or whatever. And the only way is to work really, really hard. And it is wrong to charge a lot for your services or it's highway robbery or it's greedy or, and there's been these beliefs or these conversations that have happened in your family growing up, you kind of have that instilled in your mind that this is, this is the value. This is who, what I have to think and believe in order to fit in and be accepted by my family and doing something that they don't agree with is going to force me into being an outcast. Right? So every time you get around these people, you tend to start acting like they do. And the conversations you might agree even though like you really don't like even though there's a part of you that says no it is safe and it is okay and perfectly all right for me to start my own business and charge for my services and be wealthy and have more than enough but when you get around them you feel guilty yeah it feels it feels wrong it feels like you you want to keep it quiet you don't want to celebrate your successes so instead you complain about money even though money's not a problem but you find yourself complaining because you're around people and that's the expectation. So these are these are people that trigger you into thinking and feeling and behaving in a way that is doesn't align with your higher self. It is not serving you. It is not allowing you to become the person that you need to be. You're it's keeping you stuck. Weird question. Yeah. As you're saying this, has it is it reverse as well? So if you have a very, very negative mindset and you're around people that are super positive and very like inspiring and living in their highest self, do you feel like they're energy vampires too? Um, oh, that's a good question. So you want to hear something really funny. Um, I actually have had people in my family tell me that my positivity is over the top. Like, so when I do my Facebook live videos and things, they're like, you're just way too positive. You come across as ditzy. And I'm like, and I let that get to me for a little while. Yeah. And I'm like, gosh. And I stopped doing live videos for a minute because it really, it, it, it triggered me where I'm like, is this what people think of me? And if this is what people think, maybe I shouldn't be doing video. And I let it affect my behavior. And after a little while, in some reflection and conversations with really helpful people in my world, I re- like realized, no, it's just that they're so low vibe that they can't relate to the energy that it, it, that I bring. And it, it probably triggers them. Like we're just, if I'm a 10, they're a two and, and meeting in the middle is hard. So yeah, I never would have thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. It could, yeah, but on the side, that. You could also be influenced positively if you have a a negative mindset and hanging around people if your mindset is growth. So if you are into personal development, if you are open to change, if you're open to being stretched, then hanging around with people that have a more positive mindset is going to teach and model how to do it so that you can start doing it too. That's so true. I love that. 
You also mentioned, so energy vampires for sure, but can we talk a little bit about victims for a second? Because I think this is maybe one of the more damaging mindsets that, and people that we don't quite understand, like how to help them or how to get through to them. <laughs> uh, good luck. Um, <laughs> Seriously. Uh, they don't want to be helped. That's the problem. So they like where they're at because it's safe and it's comfortable. They're getting attention. They're That's how they function in life. That's how and they've been doing it their whole life. So maybe they were the kid that was helpless and, and mom and dad doted over them or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's therapy. I don't do therapy, but you know, that's, it comes from patterns and behavior and, and having certain behaviors validated. Victims are the people that they complain, they make excuses, they don't take action. Like they're the people that will complain about the same thing to you 150 times. Yes. And keep giving them advice and trying to help them, but they don't want to be helped. They really just want to complain. Like they won't take the advice. They won't take action to fix their situation, but they will continue to call you and have, it's like groundhog day in the negative energy zone. And you're like, stop calling me. I can't deal with it anymore. Like if you're not going to do anything about your problem, I really don't want to keep listening to it. So, you know, this is that, you know, the victim is the one that that pretends that they want to change, likes to complain, but really has no intention of doing anything about it. I love that you're talking about this too, because I think we all have a few victims in our lives where you're right. It is like Groundhog's Day. And I have somebody that comes to mind for me too. And every single time I've noticed that they're complaining to me. So I turn around and complain about them. I'm like, what is this crap? Like, I'm just like feeding into the cycle. (laughs) They're triggering you. They're triggering me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like you're picking up on their energy and Mm -hmm. you need to get, you need to release that energy somehow. So you're doing it in the form of complaining. Yeah. Like it's kind of like hot potato. (laughs) Really just pass it on. (laughs) I know. No, it's so true. So I guess the, the thought would be that this person is complaining all the time and they're always such a negative person. And then therefore I'm complaining and I'm almost mimicking that. How, how do we reframe that so that maybe it's a more positive spin where I don't, I don't think you can avoid some of these people. So we're always going to run into them. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they live with you. I hear yeah, that. No doubt. Yeah. I hear that a lot. Like, what do I do when they live with me? Um, you cannot let it in. So you can observe without absorbing. So be there and kind of see it without letting it become your problem to fix, you know, like, Oh, I, I'm hearing you. Okay. Hmm. So what you going to do about that and give it back to them. So think of responsibility or, or having to take action, kind of like an energy ball. Right. And when somebody complains to you, you're holding their ball of negative energy. Like, okay, what do I do with this? And and the natural tendency is I need to fix it. I need to give you advice. Yep. Which when, especially when dealing with a victim like that and, and you realize, man, this is just not working. And, and you take it on like, Am I giving bad advice? Why isn't this working? Why don't they take it? But instead, just try giving it back, giving them back the responsibility. Like, okay, so I'm hearing you complain about this. We've had this conversation seven or eight times. And what have you done? Hmm. What have you done to change it? Okay, nothing. Okay. And so why do you think it hasn't changed? Or what are you going to do to change it? What are you going to do about this? And just kind of just be a sounding board without taking it on or trying to fix them or change them. Let them take responsibility for 
what it is that they need to do. I love that. That's a great tip. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Let's talk for a sec about reverters. What the heck is a reverter? Uh, the bad influence in your life. These are these are the ones that um, you've outgrown, but somehow when you get with them, you end up acting just like they are. So these are the people that like you've grown up and you're now really responsible. You don't you don't drink to excess anymore at least not all the time, but yet you get back with these people, the ones you hung out with in college or high school, and you're doing shots and dancing on the table. And the next day you're like, what happened? That's not me. I don't do that anymore. Yep. Something about these people, every time you get with them, you end up doing what they do. Um, And this could be like, in money terms, like people that excess or are frivolous, um, you know, or people that are really frugal. It could go the other way too, where, sure. you know, that could rub off on you and you just kind of go back to being a person that you used to be, but you don't want to be anymore or you've decided not to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are, beware of those people. Those are usually like uh, the people that you have a hard time standing up to for some reason or enforcing boundaries with. So it's perfectly okay to prepare for those situations and go, okay, like, I know this is probably going to happen. There's going to be some peer pressure. There's going to be some influence. How am I going to be ready? And how am I going to stand in my in my power and say, no, that's not me? Or actually, actually, I don't mind spending that. Or actually, that's not in my budget right now. But thank yeah. you for offering. You know, so like staying true to what is meaningful to you and being willing to like stand up for what you believe in or who you are and accept whatever consequences like may come. I love that advice too. I think it's, it's one of those things where you really are. And I I've watched your lives. I've read your books. I listened to your podcast. Like you're very much about control what you can control, which is us. Mm -hmm. We can control our reactions. Mm -hmm. And so when you have these triggers, we immediately have a thought about what's happening, how do we start to maybe even be aware of our thoughts even? Ooh, another great question. Okay. So in, in the situation like that, um, you're having these thoughts, you, the, the easiest way is to be aware, excuse me, to be aware of how you're feeling. So as soon as something starts to feel off, as soon as you start to feel for, for a lot of us, it's insecure, yep. jealous, um, small mm-hmm. are words that I hear a lot. Uh, as soon as you start to feel that way, that's when you like, take a step, take a moment. If it means excusing yourself to go to the bathroom because you're in a crowded place, do that. But okay, why am I feeling this way? What is causing it? So the the feelings are always usually the first sign that something feels negative, off, doesn't feel good. As soon as you stop feeling good and you're not in a happy, joyful place, like stop, press the time out, cancel everything. Let's figure out why. And then go into the headspace. Okay. Like, what are you talking? Like, what are you thinking? What do you think is happening right mm-hmm. now? If you were to talk to, about it to a friend really quick, what would you say? Would you say, oh, she's judging me. She doesn't like me. Um, they expect this of me. They're going to get pissed if I speak up. Like what is happening? So you're telling yourself a story, even though you're not aware of the story. So talking out loud is sometimes really super helpful. Um, I love EFT. If 
you need a therapist and can't afford one, start doing EFT. It's like, I don't think I know what EFT is. So EFT is emotional freedom technique. It's tapping. Um, I'll, if, if you want, Whitney, I can link you up. I've got a quick tutorial on my blog. Heck yes, I would love that. If if you want to share it out, um, that shows you how to do it. I do it. Yeah, the way that I do it. So it's 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 a. Uh, where does it root it in? I want to say like cognitive behavioral techniques and whatever. It's it's a neuro psychology tool, but basically it's. You're, you're tapping on um, energy points or acupressure points in your body. And as you're tapping, you're talking. So the combination, the tapping kind of is soothing to your nervous system. And it takes your brain out of fight or flight mode and puts it back into logical mode. Sweet. While also, so and then while this is happening, so this is happening while you're doing the tapping on these points, right? You're getting calm. You're getting clear. You're getting logical. But as you're talking, you're talking yourself out of the crazy place and into calm and rational thinking. Mm. And so, like, you think about how when you talk something through with a friend, just they don't even have to say anything. Sometimes you just talk. And if they just give you five minutes to talk, you feel better and you talk yourself into the solution. hundred percent. It's that. So it's like huh. really cheap therapy that you can do on your own. Is it like like wrist tapping points or like, Oh, there's, yep. There's some on your wrist, um, eyebrow, temple, under your eye, above your lip, um, collarbone, top of your head. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'll give you the tutorial. It's super fun. So this is a great way to start this process. So what this does is when you're having this emotion, your cortisol goes up, you know, that the stress hormone is released, like you're automatically in stress mode, anxiety mode, right? Like this doesn't feel good. And you act from a place of emotion. Mm-hmm. And it usually is all the stuff that we regret. Like, why did I do that? Why did I, <laughs> why did I say that? Yep. <laughs> why did I say that? Why did I let them get the best of me? So what this does is it helps you to stop, you know, like get out of the feelings in into like a more calm place where you can make a good decision and it helps you to articulate what it is that you're thinking, what kind of story you're telling yourself so that you can then flip the switch and start telling yourself a better, more empowering story. This is so cool. Okay. Let me, let me like, see if I understand this. So you would, if I'm, let's say you and I were shopping together and you, my friend for this example, you're my reverter. You're going to encourage me to buy all the cute shirts. And so we're at the mall, we're walking around, we're looking at all this stuff. I start to feel negatively in my body. Like I can just feel it in my chest. And immediately my reaction is I want to spend to prove my worth, to show you that I'm doing okay financially. Really, I I, I can take care of myself. So in that moment, what I should probably do is excuse myself, go to the bathroom and then just start like tapping to bring me back to centered. Is that, is that kind of mm-hmm. the case? Absolutely. So if you're in that, awesome. ah, that place, so what you're noticing or what you said, which is interesting, you're, you identified it. So you're already like rocking your mindset. If you've identified I'm spending to prove my worth, mm. you're actually ahead of the game. You're doing pretty well. A lot of times we don't know why we're doing that. We just know it doesn't feel good. We know that we're spending and then remorse is kicking in as we're swiping our credit card, totally. but yet we're not stopping. Yep. <laughs> Stop doing this. So yeah, it doesn't feel good. What is happening? That's when you need to get to that place where you're like, I'm doing this to prove my worth. 
Mm. And then in that place of I'm doing this to prove my worth, do I need to do this to prove my worth? Like, do I need to impress her? Why am I trying to impress her? Who the hell cares what she thinks? You know, and is she going to pay my credit card bill when it comes? Uh, no. So, all right, what's a better solution? I'm actually going to tell her I'm good. I have enough clothes, but I'm willing to come with you shopping and help you pick out all your stuff. Let's go. Let's have some fun. You know, like find a better way. I mean, but like mm-hmm. go into the bathroom, figure out what's going on in your head. It'll only take you a minute and take a power back and go, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? What am I going to say? Yeah. And then own it. I love this. I, I love that personal responsibility. And I'm immediately thinking of every time I go to Costco and I'm walking around and I'm by myself and I see all the little things on the shelves. I'm like, oh, I could use this when really I don't need it. I could also do that same technique by myself. Yeah. It's powerful. I think it's this is powerful. good stuff. Yeah. And and being, especially when it comes to money. So I love that you say that, right? Because sometimes it feels just really good to spend. It's freeing. It does. It does feel that way. You know, over shopper. So I know, like I'm that person that's like, whatever. And it's taken a lot for me to get to a place where I make good decisions and make decisions intentionally and not in the moment to where if I go out and plan to shop, I'm plan like it's in my head, I'm planning to shop, but I, I don't do it impulsively anymore. And when I do, that's what I kind of like, okay, do I need this 24 hours? If I go home and I'm still thinking about this in 24 hours, I get to go back and have it. That's so good. How did you get to that point? Like what for, I mean, I know exactly why I was impulse shopping, but for you, what were your triggers? Like what was causing you to impulse shop? Being broke. (laughs) No, for real. Yes. Uh Yeah. I didn't like the way it felt to be broke. So I would spend on credit cards to feel rich. Yes. Freaking normal. Yeah. And, and then, then how did you get aware of and it? And then I'd have to hide everything from my husband because he knew we weren't rich. He <laughs> was like, what the hell is this? Oh, man. I would get home and take tags off things, hide things. When he noticed a new shirt, where'd you get that? It's my sister's. I borrowed it. <laughs> borrowed I was bad. Or I would go and shop and have them put things on different receipts. And I'd show him the, like, oh, the low one. Oh, it's, no, that's a problem. It's. Like, I'm like, I think I have a disease. Like, this is a problem. And it got really bad to where I, you know, this is back in the days when you can bounce checks. Can you still do that? I don't know. But probably, like, it's now credit card or whatever. But I, a couple times in a month, had those insufficient fund charges where I was in the bank crying and like, okay, this has got to stop. Like, I've got to figure this out. And that's when I got financially responsible or started that journey of becoming financially responsible is that was my rock bottom. That's so crazy. But I feeling free and rich felt better than feeling responsible. You are so like, okay, you've met Tony, my fiance, you, you know him. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is so interesting to me is we both in a lot of ways come from a place of scarcity, Mm -hmm. but his scarcity manifests in spending (laughs) like, Oh, I got to spend what I have. And mine's in ultra frugality. Like I got to save every freaking penny. So it's so fascinating, but I love that you're mentioning that you've, you were spending as a way to feel enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because it felt, it feels really good to go into the mall and like your pretty woman. I know. <laughs> For one day. And, you know, yep. the credit card that somebody else is going to pay and to feel luxurious and all of that. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. And then you fall victim to those sales tactics and you don't want to say, well, how much is that? You know? I know, right? You're playing the rich, like the part. And so you want to be like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. And really you're going, <gasps> that's like a that's like a whole month worth of I know, right? You know, paychecks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I love that you're mentioning this because I think so many people can relate to that where the impulse spending, it's it's coming from a place of not feeling good enough, trying to prove our worth in some capacity. And I think that you're right, like just getting clear on what's going on, what am I doing, why am I doing this, maybe tap your way through it, whatever you have to wow. do. I love it. I think it's so important. Yeah. And giving yourself permission to mess up every once in a while too. And I think that's a big thing when we're on that journey of, oops, that's okay. You know, I had, I had a bad moment. I had a bad day, but I'm back on track now and it's okay. Like this is what's, or, or dealing with the debt too, that comes of that. Like there could be so much guilt and so much remorse and so much beating yourself up over that. Like I did this to myself. I got myself here, but you know, empowering yourself to go now, like now I'm, I'm getting in charge. I'm paying things off. I'm taking the power back. It feels good to do this. It feels good to write this checker to make this payment and getting back to a place where you're, you're flipping the switch on just the way you're looking at all things financially related and finding a way to make each, each investment, each expenditure, each thing you save, each thing you earn powerful. We've covered a lot of ground on triggers and awareness and how this stuff can can come full force. You've already shared some killer tips. Is there any strategies that we didn't talk about that you feel like are important or really helpful in the moment? I think the biggest thing, it's fundamental that I want to leave people with is watch your words. The way that you talk about money is huge, 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 huge in the way that you feel about money. So um, I can't afford it should be, we're choosing not to invest in that right now, or that's not a priority or, you know, how can we make this happen? How can we work this into the spending plan? You know, so change the words that don't feel good. Watch what you're saying to yourself, to your spouse, to your kids, you know, stop saying I'm broke, which you just heard me do it because I was, <laughs> One of the things that we had to change is we, and I, my husband was on board with this too, is we need to stop talking about our financial situation. Like we are victims, you know, like we're not broke. We are, you know, we're budgeting became a thing. Like we're being intentional. And then that eventually became more abundant. And I'm saying when we're abundant, like there might've been a thousand dollars in the account. Right. But every penny that came in or every, positive thing that happened financially, every gift, it became a, look at that. We're abundant. There's a penny on the ground. We're abundant. High five. We're abundant. And it, it was almost a joke, right? But it was like, the more we focused on what was coming in and what we had, the more came in, the more we attracted that and it changed everything. So words are really, really important. A beautiful message too. And that is that one is of the things I picked up on in your book was being really careful about what we do focus on. That mm -hmm. was a really common theme. So I appreciate you sharing that too. 
Um, but yeah, you can be a bender. If you find a penny on the ground, you pick that up with pride, my friend. Yeah, don't do you, walk over that. I'm no, just saying, I do you still do that? Or tails. It's a penny. <laughs> I do the same thing. My fiance, okay, Tony was laughing at me one day because I was in the parking lot. And like from the corner, I saw a penny on the ground. I'm like, oh, damn, I'm not going for it. So I go walking over there and bend down. And there was a car that was going to start backing up soon. He's like, you're going to get hit by a car picking up a penny. I'm like, with pride, it'll be all right. <laughs> He's like, sure. Yeah, I had a a really frugal boss growing up and he, we would glue pennies to the ground and he would pry (laughs) them up. Like, it it was funny, but it created something in me that said, if you're that desperate for a penny, you're a Scrooge. And I had to change that mentality too, where as we were going through this mental change and changing our money mindset, it was, no, that was the, that's the universe's way of letting us know that it's taking care of us. Not to worry, money is everywhere. There's an abundance of money. See, look, it's on the sidewalk even. <laughs> I love that. So I had to, you know, like it's it's changing those things. And if it doesn't feel good or if it feels negative, finding a way to make it positive. Oh, so, so good. Okay, last time you were on, I don't think we were doing rapid fire questions. So before we officially part ways, first I want to talk about your amazing course that yeah. you have. Can you tell us a little bit about how do we take this work to the next level? Okay, so it's called Money Vibes, Money Vibes Bootcamp. It was originally done as an eight-week course that I continue to add to uh, as money issues come in. But in all of my years of doing money mindset work with women, I found it's not about money at all. It's about the way that we feel about ourselves. It's self-worth. It's do we feel worthy of spending on ourselves? Do we feel worthy of uh, of splurging? Do we feel that is it okay to get rid of things that we don't like and don't bring us joy and replace them with things that we do? What is our um, financial set point? Like how much money has been in your bank forever? Is it stuck at the same number? Like you can't seem to get more than X amount in the bank or you can't seem to make more than X in your salary or business. So we, we, as especially women, I, I see this more so in women than men, but we get comfortable with what is and changing. It seems scary. And it, because it's okay, we have to change the way we think and feel about ourselves. So the whole course is on how to like rock your self-worth so you can stand in your power and really start making those changes financially to feel really good and comfortable about spending, about saving, about investing, about earning, all of that so that it's you. And all of those decisions are intentional and feel really, really good. I literally need this course so badly. <laughs> it's not even funny. I love it's this yours. stuff. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And I'm excited to share it with your audience. I think oh, yeah. I think that they'll get a ton of value from it. I know they were. I absolutely know that that is one of the biggest things holding so many people back from living their abundant life is not their account number and not like it has nothing to do with how much money you have. It's all about your mindset. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Okay. So before we officially part ways, let's dive into some rapid fires. You ready for this? You're making me nervous. I know. I love it. I think it's so great. Okay. Tanya, first question for you. What is one purchase you recently made that has made your life better? Ooh, okay. Shoot. I'm like, what did, what have I bought lately? <laughs> um, purchase that I've made that's made my life better. That's not so rapid. I'm like, I like 
I feel like I'm going to my Amazon mental <laughs> shopping cart because I <laughs> totally I think I keep Amazon in business. Um, <laughs> I have a book addiction, so I buy a lot of books. Actually, you know what I bought? No, this is what I bought lately that I really like. Um, one of those massagers. Oh like, yeah, like a shiatsu thing. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. Like it. That's awesome. I wanted one for my entire life because I get stress and tension like in my shoulders and neck and my husband sucks is a masseuse I often jokingly say I if I could get married again I'm going to hang out at the massage school (laughs) my husband because it's like I get I get nothing so I've wanted one of these things forever and like why don't you buy the thing that you want I know like you wait for somebody for them to get it for you as a gift or something so finally I caved and I ordered it so it was it hasn't come yet but it should be here today or yeah, tomorrow. Like, but really it's going to be making my life better. <laughs> it's going to be making my life better. That's amazing. I love that. I know that's a tough one too, especially when you're intentional with your money. You're like, what the crap did I buy? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. I'm like, hmm. I know. I don't yeah, even know what I would answer to that. It doesn't seem like that would have been a hard question, but it kind of was. <laughs> I promise they get easier. I okay. mean, maybe it's because I don't remember what I had for dinner yesterday. So like, <laughs> <laughs> fair. Totally fair. Okay. Next question for you. What is your current morning routine? Mm, This is, I love this question. So I get up every day, make my bulletproof coffee and I sit for an hour in journal before I look at my smartphone, before I answer anything. It's like me time in the quiet. I journal anything that may be on my mind. Um, I do my affirmations I visualize and I set my intentions for the day. And so this is all part of my like starting the day with happiness and good vibes and, you know, just getting my vibe right so that the rest of the day goes really, really well. That's amazing. Yeah. It's and bulletproof coffee, huh? Bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Do you know I, what that is? I, I do. I haven't tried it yet. So don't tell bulletproof this, but... I, I learned of this coffee at a conference when they were serving. And so what I do is coffee with, I put protein powder in it, mm-hmm. vanilla protein powder, and just a splash of heavy whipping cream. I discovered this when I was doing the keto thing, but it is like, uh, and then I blend it in my little single serve blender. It's a little bit of heaven. And if you want it to like fancy it up, throw a little banana in there. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds amazing. It's in a little bit of caramel. It's like a um, bananas foster latte in the morning. <sighs> Yum. Great. It okay. is great. What, what's your protein powder of choice? Oh, gosh. Now this is going to be embarrassing. Um, it's muscle milk. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's probably so, like, I don't like telling my dietitian friends this because they're like, do you know how many chemicals are in that? I'm like, I know, but it tastes so good. It's my one vice. Leave me alone. We all have something. <laughs> I know there's healthier ones. They just don't taste as good. Yeah, that's good to know, though. I'm going to try yeah. this. I'll text you and let you know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next question for you. We're going to say post-COVID. Where mm-hmm. is one location you're dying to travel to? Ireland. I, Ireland's big. I. Do, uh, are you a fan of Nora Roberts? Yeah, I am. Is she Irish? Yeah. So all of her, tril- not all of them, but most of her trilogies take place in Ireland so I've read every one of Nora Roberts' trilogies. They're like fantasy fiction, shapeshifters, vampires, 
all of that, witches, love that stuff. And they take place in Ireland. And I feel like from reading her books, I know my way around Ireland. Like, I feel like you could drop me off there and I'm like, oh, three blocks down is the pub. And if we go this way, you know, we're going to find so-and-so's house. So I just feel like I've lived there in my mind so much that I want to see it for real. Oh, that's so fun. I'm excited to see when you do go on that trip. One day. Yeah. Someday soon. Yeah. Last question for you. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? (laughs) Is it cliche that I would say mindset? (laughs) Um, I really do. I think it's mindset. I think it's, um, you know, deciding what you want and making conscious choices to move in that direction. I love it. Yeah. You got to just believe that it's possible for you. And if you believe it, it's going to happen because your actions are going to back up your beliefs. Right. So not like, I don't mean that like in the woo woo positive thinking, sit on a pillow and wish it. I mean, like if you believe that this is your destiny, then every thought and and feeling and every action, your behaviors are going to move you in that direction. So good. So, so good. I am always so grateful for your time and to chat with you and learn from you every time. It's like little aha moments, the entire episode. So thank you so much for taking the time to hang out. Thank you so much. I love being on your podcast. It's amazing. And it's such an honor. Okay, what'd you think? Is Tanya not maybe one of the coolest people you've ever met? I loved her story. I thought her journey was so important and just so brave to share everything she's gone through and her experiences with her mom and her childhood. And I just, man, hats off to her. I think she's an incredible inspiration and definitely somebody who motivates me too. Again, don't forget, if you want to take this work to the next level and you want to learn how to better your own money mindset or mindset in general, then you definitely need to check out the show notes and look into her Money Vibes Bootcamp. It's going to help you transform your relationship from a mindset perspective when it comes to your finances. Such important work. And again, you can use coupon code money nerds for 30% off. Pretty sweet stuff. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. I hope you're having a great week and I will see you next week for another episode of the money nerds podcast. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.